Ready to rise through the ranks of the online marketing hierarchy? Take some notes from the original Royals of Revenue, the Internet Traffic Kings. We're about to open up a treasure chest of knowledge from the best of the best. With your hosts, Kevin the Cook Father, DiVincenzi, the original Big Fabu, John Fondy, and the ultimate compliance conciliary, Attorney Bennett Kelly. In three, two, one. Well, once again, welcome back to, well, we're talking about uh, episode 21 of Internet Traffic Kings. I'm the big Fabu John Fondi, broadcasting from the campus of UNLV in beautiful, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. And we've got some great shows for you, as we've had in the past, and want to make sure that you guys are a part of it. You can also be a part of this show. You can uh, uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. You give us five stars. Uh, listen to us on Spotify. Go to our YouTube channel, which is just rock, and we'll talk more about that a little bit. Our Facebook page is doing well. And of course, our um, our website, Internet Traffic Kings, because we say all this because this is a non-ad sponsored show. So we need as much help as we can get from you. We're going to give you great information, great guests. Uh, and of course, it uh, gives me a great pleasure to introduce the, uh, the Click Father and uh, uh, Kevin G. Vincenzi. Kevin, I, I don't know how you do it, man. Even uh, this show, and I understand the next show, we've got Another great set of guests. So I got to tell you, everyone seems to be as equal as the others. So, uh, hey, kudos to you, man. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, John. And so we're kind of uh, in halfway in through summer right now. Uh, not bothering you, but of course, we're in the 115s here in Las Vegas. Yeah, no, I know. I'll actually be back uh, home to Vegas on Monday for some meetings. So, yeah, it's... Oh, it's so a totally different thing. The uh, I, I equate it to uh, having a blow dryer thrown on your face, right? If somebody just held a blow dryer up, that's pretty much what the well, that's pretty much what like. it is. Because we're gonna have twenty mile an hour winds today. Oh, and, there you go. Uh, and when are, when are you leaving to head back to uh, to your 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 uh, Malibu beach house? Oh, I'm only going to Vegas on uh, on for a day, a day and a half. So. Oh, okay, so I'll so. I'll still be out of town then, won't I? Uh, I'm not sure the, the following Monday, so I'm not sure if you'll. Um, yeah, so I'll I, I'll still I'll be out of town. So, Ixnay, I won't be I won't be visiting with you. Well, this Saturday you said you'll be here. Uh, that's correct. Yes. Yeah, I'll be here this Saturday. I'm leaving oh, on Monday. Okay. okay. And those of you are listening in, we're just. I'm saying this is some great content. Let me tell you. So I'm sure you're going to learn a lot from this. You know, so uh, you guys have my address. Be sure to come by and rob me if you as well. And so, but um, kind of up and down, crazy, wacky stuff going on uh, all over the place now with information that's coming in, and and basically they say information is king, but using that information correctly does make you the king, and uh, that's why we do this show. Are you seeing anything out there that's uh, ultimately something that we should really be aware of or keep an eye on, Kevin? No, I mean, it's, you know, status quo right now. Business overall is starting to rebound, which is good. Um, you know, the, the I don't want to get into what's legitimate, not legitimate with all the testing results. But, you know, the, sure. the good news is sports is back and the NBA just tested again today and all the players came up negative. So that's working, that whole bubble. Mm -hmm. system seems to be working for them out in Orlando. Um, but no, I, you know, you still have to be safe though. I mean, <clears throat> that's, you know, I've done a limited travel, but the travel that I have done, I've, you know, always worn my mask and 
just be safe. I mean, it's world 2.0. That's what it is. It's not going to change. It, 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 and we're going to be in uh, world 3.0 here pretty quick as we as we adjust to whatever the normal is going to be. Right. In fact, um, it's so weird. The Stanley Cup is going on right now. And of course, uh, right. you know, the Vegas Golden Knights, they, you know, they're doing well in it as well. So, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's weird the way that we are adjusting and stuff. But uh, um, I guess that's, you know, that's. Well, that's, that's ironic because all the hockey's being played in Canada. But yet the Toronto Blue Jays are not allowed to play in Canada. They have to stay in the states. So it's well, uh, they're not they're not playing in the bubble though. That's why. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, it's. Uh, but they're outside. So what the heck, so you know? Kudos to them for getting sports back. I don't know what's going to happen with the NFL. Obviously, um, you know, with the Raiders' new stadium, and I mentioned on previous podcast, I almost purchased VVIP tickets or you know uh, seat licenses for thirty years, and I'm very happy I didn't at this point. Just because you don't know, you I don't, mean, they're still they're still collecting the ticket prices. They're still collecting all the fees, and you know you may not have a product <laughs> at the end yeah, of the so, day. Yeah, the Garth Book, Brooks concert was the first event that was going to be there. It, it got postponed, so uh, right. everybody's just on pins and needles a little bit and stuff. And that's kind of that's kind of what we're looking at now and stuff. So, right. um, you know, I I read something, Kevin, and I, I don't know what to make of it. it is uh, is what what's going on with Lego and those and, and their operation? It just yeah, I, I, I heard I heard the same thing um, on a podcast I listened to, Business Wars Daily. Um, so glad I have your attention there, John. That's great. Uh, <laughs> That's okay, but I, I'm only on. I'm, I'm only on, Kevin, when I'm talking. So uh, I know I'm checking I know. out some time here. Uh, Go no, all good, all good. Um, yeah. So on, on Business Wars Daily, a podcast that I listened to, I, I heard that as well. So like in March, they transformed a bunch of their molds to make face shields, just you know, to to help their community out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really interesting that they uh, that they did that. And then the other interesting part with Lego was they pulled all um, police molds and also presidential molds. So, you know, like Legos of the White House or what have you, they stopped production. So really, really interesting, you know, again, a sign of the times, right? Well, more so than that, it's like, do you really think that the kids are going to understand what's going on there? Right. No, for sure. For sure. I, uh, I, yeah, yeah I, I found that odd. I applaud them for making the masks, the the, the pulling of everything else I yeah. found rather odd. But. You know, and there's a lot of companies that are retooling to make masks now. One, because they want to contribute and other right. reasons because they're just not, they're not in business anymore and stuff. So right. that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And so, well, so it's, it's good now too, that, that it's stabilized. So you can actually buy a high quality mask for under $10 where, you know, for a period of time they were going for 60, 70 bucks, you know, for a thing that's, you know, 30 cents <laughs> essentially uh-huh. to make. So at least it's gotten, you know, it's gotten better. And actually uh, I have internet traffic Kings masks. I have click father masks. I have some pretty good ones. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that we made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome um is uh how about traffic traffic still prices coming down uh yeah tra- it's going up yeah tra- yeah it's prices will start going up now with the election because obviously election dollars unlike most other media buys are just thrown out there for for a short period of time um with not a lot of metrics behind them that's still an, an area in which They'll throw money without performance. You know, we do performance-based marketing, so everything is based to a metric. I send somebody to your site, John. I'm hoping they convert to a lead or a sale. You pay me for that action. 
Um, most of the political dollars are strictly branding. So it, they're just throwing money in. So it doesn't matter if they pay $5 a click or $50 a click. They just want to get those eyeballs. So that does disrupt the market quite a bit. But, you know, you can, you can navigate around it. It just takes a little bit of work. It may be summertime here in Vegas, but uh, we're going to heat things up with you a little bit as well. And you sort of know where I'm going with this. So uh, uh, can we put you on the hot seat as we normally do? Oh, absolutely. Go for it. Okay. So nice, cool place to be. This question comes from uh, Boise, Idaho. And it comes from Rebecca. And nice to see we've got we've got males and females that are sending in questions for mm-hmm. us as well. And she says, what's the best way for me to promote my Google Ads uh, management business? Google Ads management business. Um, that's a good question. So the way we promote ours is pretty much word of mouth because – to go out and advertise, it's a very competitive landscape. So to go out there and say, hi, I do Google Ads management along with everybody else, that's really challenging. Um, I would do my best to get one or two good clients that would then give you referrals. Because, I mean, that's the best, the best way to get business, right? Well, hey, I do search management for John Fondy, give him a call. And you say, yeah, Kevin's been doing a great job. I think that's that's the approach that I would take. That's pretty much what we do. We don't do a lot of paid search man, a lot of paid search ads for our management division. Yet it's a flourishing division for us. So that would be my advice. You know, pick one or two clients that you feel you can work with, and will also uh, give you referrals once you do a good job for them and build it that way. So you're building it organically. Well, yeah, and you can't really get uh, much better than a, than a referral, you know. Right. Uh, that third party referral is is you know one of the best ways to go, and and uh, you know it's it's kind of a guy that knows a guy that that has been through it, if you will, and talks right. pitfalls and things that you improved on and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So, very good advice. I'm sure Rebecca is uh, going to give you a referral for that as well. <laughs> yeah, just give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That's all we ask for. That's, that's all we the ask payment for. we need. That's, that's it. What we need. So, um, like I said, you know, we've got people all over the United States, all over the world, and it's international as well. So, uh, Nick uh, from Israel uh, sends oh. to us. He says, "Guys, I love your show. Do you ever partner with media buyers?" That's a good question. That's something we always do. Actually, um, running our affiliate network is essentially a partnership. You know, we're the conduit between the advertiser and the publisher. So we we facilitate the transaction. So if that's his question, that part's answered. If his question is, do we partner from a media buying standpoint? Yes, we do that as well. So if you have a campaign, John, that say you're spending $500 a day on and you need either funding, Intel, help with a Google account, help with a Facebook account, we will do a partnership or a JV with you as well. So yes, we do, Nick. Yeah, I think you have to be really careful and uh, and vet those partnerships because sometimes absolutely you know they can be and we've talked about that on previous shows that you have to really be careful and find out make sure you're you're not doing all the work and everyone else is taking advantage of that as well. Well, that and also that you have the same philosophy when you're buying media. You know, my my uh, risk tolerance might be a lot less, being that I've been doing it for so long and I understand you know the pitfalls than somebody brand new that just doesn't understand that the written words can come back and bite you in the in the rear years later. So to understand the compliance aspect and everything else. So the people that we do work with on a JV partnership basis, we 
make sure that we're aligned with them on the same goals, the same strategies, same morals, <laughs> you know. Do you ever do you ever work with people that uh, that you haven't met yet that that find you and say, "Hey, I'd like many, to partner with many, you. many." There's, I've I've had partners and I've had media buyers that I've worked with for 15 years and never met them. Uh-huh. Well, that's never awesome. Yeah, it's that, pretty that's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, that's it pretty is. crazy. Digital world. Um, hey, you know, Kevin, you and I have been doing conventions uh, and trade shows for years, yeah. and uh, we've kind of seen them grow, and we've seen them change, and we've seen different elements of it. In fact, just uh, just uh, not too long ago, we did a virtual trade show uh, yeah. with D Money, yeah. and we're, so we're seeing seeing things changing a little bit. Um, you know, are our trade shows coming back? Are they tra- how are they translating? Yeah, they, they're almost everybody's moving to virtual now, and we'll see how that pans out. I mean, D Money did a great job being one of the first virtual trade shows, um, but I see now LeedsCon and I think um, Affiliate Summit. You know, everybody's pretty much going virtual. Uh, my biggest pet peeve on this whole thing is all the money that's out there that was paid for these trade shows, mm-hmm. and again, not to call anybody out, but, you know, a lot of these companies that I, you know, may have just mentioned, um, they've held everybody's money. And now that there is no show in sight, return the money. And the challenge that you're having with that is the credit card companies won't let you charge back up to 60 days either. So now you're running into, you know, there's a trade show that, uh, that we paid for last November that was supposed to happen in March. And they keep putting up these faux dates that are never going to happen. So they keep extending it, but they're, you know, they're holding potentially millions of dollars, you know, which is not really a fair thing to do, especially during COVID. It's fine for us as a company. We can absorb it. You know, it's not going to break us to have, you know, $1,700 out there for a ticket, but for, you know, for a marketer, you know, he invested that $1,700 thinking that he's going to go to the show, make some new contacts and potentially expand his business. And instead the company's got that money and he's got nothing in return. So it is, you know, I'm not going to call it theft of services, but there's no service rendered. So do the right thing and return the money. Right. Um, well, I think so. And, 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 you know, for all intents and purposes, this is going to come back. And would you ever invest with that company? That, that's, the, that's the biggest thing that I'm, that I'm seeing. I mean, the, the companies that I've been working with, you know, for many years, I'm very disappointed at, at how they're handling it. You know, they just keep shifting. Yeah, well, now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do that. And, you know, and you know, the timelines are unrealistic and you know, the timelines are just made so that they can, um, they can just hold on to the money for a period more. And the other concern is maybe they don't have the money. <laughs> you know, maybe they've already pre-spent it because, you know, in a convention, you're front-loading, you're paying for your convention space and <clears throat> your entertainment and all these different things. So that that's that's a concern as well, but there'll there'll definitely be a shakeout. I don't think you know there'll be as many companies. I don't think will be um, will be around at the end of the day, and whoever does it best virtually is gonna you know gonna win at this point because we're, well, we're yeah, here, a virtual business. Um, here in Vegas, uh, they're just finishing or, or on the on the road to finishing that new wing of the convention center where the Riviera hotel used to be. Oh, wow. And they just announced now that, Hey, we're, we're going to keep working on it, but we're in no hurry to finish it because, uh, CES is canceled. CES is going to go virtual. And, yeah. uh, so Tour, Tour de gonna... France went virtual. What's that? 
Tour de France went virtual. Yeah, virtual. right. <laughs> yeah, and they, you know, and they're letting you know common people do certain segments of it. I mean, it's cool. You know, it's. Yeah, and they picked up Peloton as a as a sponsor. As yeah, well. that's right. That's very well. smart. Yeah. And so, but anyway, so that's that's what we're seeing. Uh, uh, the boring company is still working here. Elon Musk is still putting that uh, massive people mover in. Uh, mm-hmm. That's gonna that's gonna connect all the the halls, uh, the different halls. We've got we've got the the main hall, we've got the north hall, the south hall, and then we've got the the west hall. That's uh, that they're finishing right now. And then that new hotel, Resorts World, has right. decided they want to hook on to that as well. That's oh, right. And uh, so these guys are a lot smarter than me, which doesn't is not, not hard to do. But so it, it kind of tells us that these people are all gambling on this this thing turning around here. And uh, and I think maybe, maybe we can learn by watching them and just and just minimize our exposure to what we're doing as well. For sure. And so anyway, hey, let's stick around. We're going to come right back after a couple of short things that we're going to talk to you about. And we'll bring on our first guest. We're going to bring on the meathead. And I'm looking forward to talking with him. We'll be right back. Not making as much money as you want in the net. The internet traffic kings are by far your best bet. 24 years at the top of the game. Spotify and iTunes, look for them by name. New episodes every Thursday. The internet traffic kings. Well, welcome back. I hope you're having as much fun as we are. I'm the big fabu, John Fondy, broadcasting from the campus of UNLV right here in fabulous downtown and fabulous Vegas, Las Vegas, Nevada. And we've got a great guest here. We're having a lot of fun with him as well. He's called Mr. Surreal, and you'll understand when we bring him on, we're talking about Brian Fiverr. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You know, so we're both in Vegas right now. So uh, it's a good thing you're staying inside because you don't want to be outside, man. Yeah. What is it like 115 today? It's yeah, 115, 20 mile an hour wind. <laughs> Kevin, uh, you know, referred to it as a as a blow dryer out there as well. Yeah, sure. Well, is. well we got like another week. It's always June 16th to August 16th. That's yeah. when it's miserable here. But That's after that, it's not bad. <laughs> and so, and so I'm heading out to California for my West Coast swing to visit some clients out there. For um, I own a television network, and so we'll see those people. So I get a little break as well, and so that's kind of kind of it. So, uh, so Kevin, you you just never fail about getting great guests, and it looks like we're gonna have a great one with uh, with Brian. You want to say hi? Yeah, I look forward to it. That's uh, yeah. I hear he's doing doing a lot of great things, launching a course and a bunch of stuff. So. Interesting to hear what you got. 2020 has been a pivot year. It sure has. It sure has. And you said you can't do Netflix for just something I should do as well, because you're right. Mm -hmm. You you get to bed and you already consume so much media during the day. And then all of a sudden you're watching, you know, even if it's a documentary or something that you feel is is educational, you know, you look down, it's like, shit, it's one o'clock in the morning and you're back up at six. So, yeah, I get it. That's the way it is. And uh, so you got to prepare for that. Anticipate is what we've been saying a long time. Brian, I really loved, uh, I loved reading your bio. You know, you've got such a, you know, a vast array of how you started out. You became an entrepreneur when you were, when you were small, you figured it out and you probably didn't even know how, what you were figuring out at that time. Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, even in my uh, early days of like high school, I was, uh, I had like a racing team, like a stock car racing team. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I started out with like the, the, you know, the junker cars and then I moved my way up. And, and by the time I was graduating high school uh, into college, I was like, I had a full on racing team. So, and that was just completely off the, 
you know, just hobby type of thing. Turned into well, a pretty big, big experience. <laughs> and the great thing about it, I mean, you said that you were really not that great of a driver. So you just kind of adapted in it and perfected. Yeah. Your- I mean, nobody ever trained me. So I, I, I grew up on snowmobiles and three wheelers and motorcycles. So I kind of had a, you know, that adrenaline junkie in me, but then, uh, you know, I got onto the, uh, the, the track there and nobody, you know, nobody teaches you that stuff. You, you got to get a feel for it when you're out there, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but as I, you know, as I got better, I got better cars. Like I, I moved up through like three generations of cars. And by the time I had the last one, I was actually one of the top drivers. So, oh wow, yeah, it took, it took, uh, you know, it took a lot of trial and error to get to that level and finding the right people to be on my team because I didn't have the, the technical side of things really down, like the setup of the car and all that stuff. That's like a whole that's like a whole job in itself. You know, you have to find somebody that really knows what they're doing. And I did finally get to the right guy and he ended up really helping us out a lot. So, um, so the, uh, uh, have you ever been over to Danny Corker's place? I have. What, what's his place? Uh, counting cars. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I've seen that TV show. It's pretty good. I haven't been over there. He's really, a, he's really a cool guy and you can actually go in and tour the place and see what they're doing and stuff like that as well. I like that show when I, I don't know if it's still on or not. Cause I cut out my TV time, but, uh, when I, when I did have TV time, I did enjoy that show. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I, it is still on. I think it's on A&E, and, okay. uh, but it's a, it's a great tour and they're great, great guys over there as well too. That was one of my favorite channels, by the way, I used to like that one. And then there was like a antique one I used to like there, right. there, there was some good programming on there. Those were fun. You know, so see Johnny so, just said he stopped watching Netflix and he's put himself in a, a binge TV timeout and here you are trying to loop him back in. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> trying yeah. to rope you back in there. I'm like that junkie in the parking lot at 12 yeah. o'clock midnight. <laughs> well, well, you know what got me on the Netflix thing a little bit too, not not to mention the time factor, but yeah. uh, I, I, I watched that one show. Um, it was called Game Changers. I don't know if you guys saw that. It was that, that whole uh, uh, plant-based protein diet. And then later I found out after I was like, I actually went and bought some of that plant-based protein and crap. I found out that show was sponsored by the guy who owns that company beyond me. So basically that was a big commercial. Oh, so wow. that kind of pissed me off uh, about that whole situation. Cause I watched that and I got into it. I went and bought some of the, that meat and I tried it. I didn't like it. So I didn't stick with it, but that, right. that turned out to be a big commercial. So yeah, it, it did. So, um, so now you've progressed, man. You, uh, I, I think you, you mentioned that your parents said, when are you going to grow up and get a real job and stuff? And then that's when you, things really took off for you. Yeah, it was funny because I, I was leading the corporate life in my in my like early 2000s. I had like a, a sales job and I was doing pretty well. I was in the commercial print world and um, I just started throwing these. Uh, I was working at the nightclub on the weekend for extra cash, like security front door guy. And the mm-hmm. next thing you know, the, the club asked me to do like an event, um, you know, like on a Friday night. And I did it and it actually turned out good. A lot of people showed up because I, I went to college in the Chicagoland area, Northern Illinois. So I had a lot of college friends and people that I knew from college that kind of, you know, I, I told them to come by and they came by. And next thing you know, they're like, well, can you do that again? But maybe in like a month. So I did it like once a month and then it turned into once a week and then it turned into twice on the weekends. And then it turned into three days a week, four days a week. Next thing you know, I'm making more money doing that than I was at my corporate job. And I'm like, forget this. This is fun. I'm hanging out with hot girls having drinks every night. I'm like, I'm going to do this instead. And and right. since then I've been basically on my own. That was back in about 2004 ish. So, so how'd you get involved in the bachelor bachelorette party business in Vegas? Well, I actually moved out here in 2013. I got um, partially paid for my move out here was Hakkasan when they opened up, that was in 2013 oh, okay. yeah. and they were looking for some of the best talent in the, in the country to bring, you know, their followings or their you know clientele into Hakkasan. Mm-hmm. So ultimately I ended up out here because of that. And, um, that, that's how I ended up in Vegas. And then 
I realized real quick once I got out here that I actually had more contacts in the uh, Vegas nightlife field than I actually um, knew because mm -hmm. I had been doing events on like Memorial Day and Labor Day for prior um, to my move out here for about six years. So I pretty much okay. had all the contacts I needed and I had a ton of clientele from Chicago. So I really didn't need to work for a club. I could have probably come out here and started my own business, but I did learn the ropes from the inside instead of the outside, which was sure. good. And once I got a full year under my belt out here at my, my, um, uh, not, it wasn't a non-compete, but it was more like, uh, I had like some kind of contract where they, I didn't have to pay back for that move. As long as I stayed there like a year, I don't sure. remember what it was called, but I ended up staying the full year, didn't have to pay that back. And then I, I ended up starting my own business out here. I, Cause I just had so many customers that were already like my customers from Chicago that, you know, right. I didn't need the venue to like help me build my clientele. I already had a clientele when I moved right. out here. So. And obviously now with COVID, that's pretty much gone, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. On March, uh, I can remember the date. It was the 13th or 14th of March. They closed everything. And from that day on, my company has had zero revenue. And that that's coming off of a record year last year. And we were on pace to have an, a record March from the pr year prior, just wow. based on the reservations we had. We were definitely on pace to have a record. So I was for sure going to have another record year and it, it went to zero <laughs> like that. Wow. So lost everything. We lost all our reservations for um, the entire year. I mean, I had to, I, I personally refunded over 55,000 in deposits. So, wow. So, so what's happening if you are getting inquiries now, how are you adapting to that? I mean, we're getting so few. Uh, there's a couple places that are open. Uh, it's not good. I even tell people, I'm like, don't waste your money. You know, they, they go to like Marquee or Encore Beach and they're still charging full price for a bottle, like say 700 <laughs> plus tip and tap, right. thousand bucks. There's no DJ, there's no crowd, there's no GA, no tickets, no guest list. Right. So they get there and you're paying a thousand dollars for one bottle to hang out with the six people you walked in with. What is the point right. of that? Right. I, so I've had a couple of customers that, you know, insisted they wanted to go check out Marquee. And I'm like, listen, I'm telling you how it is. And they got mad at me. And I'm like, I told you what it was going to be like. I don't right. know why you're getting mad at me. Like, I told you. So I'm, I'm literally steering people away from coming. I've had people hit me up about Labor Day. And I'm like, listen, save your money. Do not come out here until COVID is over because it sucks. Right. <laughs> so, right. Well, we, so we, we, Sorry, you said you have a lot of contacts in the industry. What uh, what are people pivoting? Like people that aren't blessed like you to have a different hustle that they can work on. What you know? What's a door guy I've doing? I've seen now? a couple like, people jump into real estate. Uh, oh, okay. You know, I I think people are still riding that unemployment. I know the six hundred dollar uh, federal come up just came off. Yeah. Uh, but I think they're going to get something worked out here sooner than later. So yeah, I, I'm pretty sure a, a good amount of this town is on the unemployment dole right now. Yeah, and, but then uh, what's going to happen when they reopen, Brian? They're not going to reopen at capacity. So even if they, you know, when Marquee reopens, they're not going to have the full staff. Well, you know, that's the thing. I, I honestly think these clubs are, are kind of doomed until they get this uh, vaccine or or some kind of herd immunity going on because yep. um, th there's no way they can support a DJ with, you know, half empty or half full or whatever. And, right. and there's, no, there's no fine line for these clubs. It's either like, you know, it's either full or not not open. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like with the you can't really yeah. have the nightclub experience on a half full club. And people right. people pay for that fullness. That's what they yeah. want. Same, you know? same thing with our, with our Vegas show. You know, they yeah. were talking about if they reopen La Rev at half capacity to break even. I mean, it's not the same thing. Right. Right. Having the roar of the crowd. And I agree with you. I mean, you know, being 24 years off and on in Vegas, you know, now I'm you know, beyond my prime of going to the clubs, but that <laughs> whole experience of, of being in a club and, you know, the 
the the amount of people and the music and everything. It's just it's that's the vibe. That's what you. Yeah, I mean, the the people that typically spend the most money, they they want to be on the dance floor where all the action is. Yep. But if there's right. no action there, then what are they? What's the reason they're yep. spending money? You know. What I'm saying? Yep. So, oh, that's so yeah, true. It's, so it doesn't mesh, right? Um, but you stay busy, though. You uh, you know you've kind of you know the great thing about it. You mentioned you kept your team working as well, which is great. And you've actually got a new project that you're that you're starting now, and you put a lot of time into that. And uh, we're looking forward to to it coming out. Tell us about it. Well, I actually uh, when when COVID happened, like this was in March. I spent like two and a half months just writing content straight for two and a half months. I woke up every day, wrote content for one of my authority sites. And I'm like, okay, I'll just ride this, you know, COVID thing out. When we come back this summer, everything will be good. Well, about two months into it, I'm like, we're not coming back this summer. Right. I'm going to lose everything here. So I'm like, um, I have to start making money or I'm going to be in big trouble here because I'm running out of money quick. After all those refunds, it wiped me out, my yeah, savings, everything. Right. And I had no income coming in at all. So what I did is I, I pivoted. Now, I've always done affiliate marketing as a side hustle in the winter months uh, because Vegas is usually pretty slow between October and March. And I, I had like a side hustle going for the last four years in affiliate marketing. So mm -hmm. I, I've done a couple course launches. I've actually had some real successful campaigns over the years. I have a full-time media buyer on my staff. And um, so what I did is I'm like, I, you know, I hit them up. I said, man, we got to figure this out. Let's get some campaigns rolling. We all, all three of us have uh, working campaigns right now. And um, my, my one media buyer and then another partner, I brought them together. And what we did is we, we spent the last three months, you know, running these campaigns. We came up with an amazing course. Uh, it's actually an eight-week program. I think when it's all said and done, it's going to end up being about 200 videos. And nice. um, I put this course together. I just did a beta launch to my uh, YouTube and my, my personal list. Um, we got about 50 in there for the beta students. And then I got about 25 old students I let in. So uh, we're going to try to get some of those students in, make, get them making money. And then we're going to do a big launch this uh, probably early September. So that's nice. the plan. And we're that's all awesome. running, like live campaigns right now. So the nice thing is I'm actually able to show like results that are working right now with yeah. the traffic we're using. And it's like, you know, a lot of these guys are selling courses out there, man. Unfortunately, they, they haven't done traffic or run traffic in years. Okay. And, and all three of us have campaigns. I mean, on an average day, like we'll do between seven and 10, maybe even 12,000 in commissions on an average day. That's between the three of us. So right. for us to be able to do those kind of numbers and then show like the ad accounts, what we're doing, you know, that's, really that's, that's the key. That's the key. I mean, I've been doing affiliate marketing for uh, 22 years and you know, when we work with a with a media buyer, we work with an affiliate. The key is to be able to test it ourselves, prove it, and say, "Okay, Brian, now you scale it with real numbers." Right. You know, what, what I can't stand is, you know, if if I'm evaluating a campaign and I talk to an account manager and they say, "Oh yeah, it's doing great," you know, and they just give you a bunch of shit, but they've never run it. They don't know how to buy media. They don't. They don't right. understand the nuances because, uh, as you know, there's a million pitfalls out there as well that can happen. Um, so it's great that you're actually taking it, showing the stats and saying, look, this is this is what we're doing and this is how you can do it yourself. So Yeah, I, I even like set up a campaign from scratch, <laughs> built the landing page. I, I, you know, made the ads. I showed them how I do the, you know, the different ads to, to find the winners. And, and I launched it and got it profitable in like three days. And I put that all documented in camera. Plus, I did three follow along campaigns for 15 days. And I showed people exactly what I did each day, how I optimized. So like the training, honestly, in my opinion, I, I've, I've got... I buy just about everybody's course that comes out on affiliate marketing. That's anybody in the space. And I, I have all the courses and this one is, there is not even one that's even close to this because I put like th what's working right now in there. You know what I'm saying? Like it's as good as it gets. Uh, that's why I'm really curious on this beta group. I, 
I really want to see if my training and showing these guys, I mean, you're always going to get those, some of those people that buy the product and don't end up doing anything with it. But right. I'm hoping there's going to be a handful of guys that go through this thing and actually apply the training because it's really good. And I want to yeah. see those results. You know, I'd love to see it as well. If you want to share it with me, I'll take a look at it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. That's so you, going back to your point about how you, uh, how you refunded uh, all your clients with your uh, bachelor bachelorette business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you so, know, we're talking, so. no problem. We we're talking about earlier in the show. Um, we were talking about earlier in the show, how all these trade shows, right? Leeds con affiliate summit, uh, digital marketer, they're not refunding anybody. Yeah. Now, what's your thought? What's your thought on that? Yeah. I'm kind of pissed yeah. off and I, I, I paid right? for the traffic and conversion. Summit. Yeah, me too. Me too. Right. I, I, that's kind of fucked up. I mean, yeah. And I emailed them and I said, listen, this so is back I. when I had like, you know, I was refunding $55,000 in refunds. I'm sorry, right, I'm right. going to run out of cash, guys. I need some help here. Yeah, 1700 bucks back. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and yeah. they don't even reply. I know. They didn't even reply. I know, I know. And they then, just ignored the email. Right, and then if you want to put a put a a, uh, a charge back in, it's a 60-day window, so they won't do that either. So it, it's just, right. it's insanity. Yeah. It's insanity. Yeah. I was wondering if anybody else was feeling that. No, way. man, I I've been, forgot I've, about I've, that. I've been talking about it for, for weeks on the show. Because I just I I think it's terrible, but you know John made a great point, Brian. What's going to happen is when these guys do resurface, the ones that survive, I'm not going to go to them. Are you going to go to them? No, absolutely not. In exactly. fact, I'm going to be like you know I'll what? go because they got my money, and I'll go to that next one. But of I'm not going to go. But I'm saying, would you ever? You're not loyalized anymore because they didn't treat you right. I mean, that's no, that's man. my. They should have refunded like, everyone's right. money absolutely. and decided if, if they're moving it to whenever they're going to move it to. You want to do go? Then you make that decision on your own. It shouldn't yeah, be. But- it shouldn't be a forced decision. You know what I'm but saying? Brian, the, the dates they're putting up are unrealistic anyway. They're just doing that so they can they can realistically hold the money, you know? It's I mean, just, I, I understand the business side of things because I, I just went through this whole situation. Sure. They spent so much money on advertising and all this other sure. stuff to build that stuff and acquire all those customers that they don't want to take that huge loss. Well, I did the same damn thing in Las Vegas. Right. That's, that's I started I said, spending yeah. money. Uh, I spent between Google AdWords, Facebook, um, my SEO guy, I spend about 15000 a month. I start spending heavy in December because that's when a lot of our spring leads come in. So December, right. January, February, $45,000 <laughs> in, in ad spend. And guess what? Right. Every one of those customers I acquired with a deposit, I, pay, right. I, I refunded. Right. I had to. Right. I didn't get right a single thing. bad review because I right. was good enough. I mean, trust me, I, I watched a forty grand in savings dwindle to zero because that, that forty five grand was money I threw into the toilet. Yeah, but but you did but you did the right thing, and when the when the when Vegas opens back up, hopefully these people will come back to you and and give you a referral and what exactly. have you. Exactly. And that's, that's the right way to do. That's the right way to do business. That's exactly the right way to do business. Yeah. Well, what I did is, a little ninja is, trick for those out there listening yeah. is when I refunded them, I begged them. I said, "Hey, listen, man, I'm really in a bad situation. My company's in in real big trouble here. Would you mind leaving me a five star review, just saying, hey, this company's right. legit." And, and yes. I got so many good reviews. So I'm building up my social proof and my reviews because I'm refunding the money. At least I was getting reviews out of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> no, but you, you did the right thing. And that's perfect. And that's what I'm saying. So people are going to go back at least and either they're going to book with you or tell their friends, hey, you know, this guy did the right thing. So because good. no matter what, even when everything reopens, there's going to be hesitation. Yes. Right. Nobody's thinking forward anymore. Even if the vaccine came out tomorrow, you're still going to think, oh, December, I don't know if I should do this or that, because I don't know if it's going to, if things will shut back down, if version two of the virus will come out. Like you just, there's too many unknowns. Right. Um, but having, 
a stable partner, you say, okay, you know what? This guy did the right thing. I can actually, I can move forward with this knowing that if something happens, he's going to do the right thing again. Right. Um, Great. And in fact, we'd, uh, we'd love to have you back on the, on the show to kind of tell us how things work out and how the class works. So tell our viewers how they can get in touch with you, uh, Brian. Oh, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, you can just Google my name and I'm pretty much all over the homepage, uh, Brian Pfeiffer. But uh, I do own a big company called bachelorvegas.com. Uh, so if you, you know, inquiry on bachelor or bachelor at vegas.com, I own both those, uh, those all, all come through my email box. So, um, that's probably the best way bachelor Vegas or bachelor at vegas.com right. or Instagram, sure. how I connected with you marketing meathead, right? Yeah. I got Brian surreal. That's my other big one. That's yeah. more of my personal girl party one. And then marketing meathead's yeah. more of my internet business based <laughs> one. So I, I tried to keep them separate, but people kind of figured it out. I think Yeah, yeah that's so true. We want to thank, uh, uh, Brian Pfeiffer being on the show here was great. And I want to thank the click father, Kevin DiVincenzi, yeah. for being with us. Great guests as always. And uh, so for all of you, our viewing audience out there, I'm the big fat boo, John Fondy. We appreciate you so much for being our audience. Remember, we're a uh, non-ad supported organization here. So uh, what you can do is you can actually help to support us by going to Apple Podcasts. The cool thing there is, is just like Brian, give us five stars. Let us know you appreciate what we did and go to Spotify and uh, go to our YouTube channel. So you'll see uh, more videos and, and more great people that are to be on it as well. Um, our, and uh, uh, Internet Traffic Kings um, is a great place to go in our Facebook page. And uh, so for all of us, to all of you, we'll see you on the next show. We'll be back and uh, keep on keeping on. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.